Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. Okay, good morning. After some final sound checks, we are here and audible and in the room. We are with Oliver Anwar. He is the founder of The Worker Coach. He's an online coach who we've been following for a while on uh, on Twitter. And really, the reason we wanted to reach out to him and talk to him on this, this podcast is because he's just doing online fitness coaching right and there's a lot of stuff that we wanted to dig into, but particularly the fact that he hasn't worked as a PT before, went straight into online coaching, as we have as well. And it's kind of a common criticism that um, that we get of like, oh, well, if you haven't done PT work, like, how can you do online coaching? And we're very much of the camp that it's a totally different skill and it's a different service that you're offering. Um, but yeah, you know, we've we've seen Oliver run a personal brand with a very clear message a very clear niche and he's walking the walk he um, has an amazing physique himself and and actually the the training footage is like the perfect example of um the stuff that he promotes and with these kind of one one of the big bugbears that i have with instagram models um you know because all of he's always promoting this like booty weight loss powder that's not true um but uh that the, there's often a, a sense that there's a disconnect between what someone does for the gram and actually what what they advocate but in oliver's case he's very much true to his word so oliver thanks for coming on no thank you for having me uh yusuf appreciate the kind words as well so can you talk to us a bit about your your process and your, your journey to 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 your to where you are now and what it is that you do day to day for sure. So I guess we'll start at the, the beginning. So um, I was at university when I decided to set up a website to start doing some fitness blogging and, and online coaching. And I just finished my first year at university and I was a broke student with a passion for fitness. And I was getting a lot of demand from kind of close friends regarding, you know, how can I get in shape? How can I get fit for holiday and this kind of stuff? So I built this website. It cost me like 99p for the domain for the first month. Um, learned WordPress, went on YouTube, found out how to put in all these plugins and all this stuff. Uh, and by the end of summer, I had like this fully functioning website. I decided to launch it on Facebook. Um, and I remember getting a sale in my first evening of uh, launch, which was pretty crazy because I had all of like, my friends sharing it from around my area. Uh, and because a lot of people knew I was into fitness, it got a bit of traction. And someone had actually paid me money for this fitness package that I'd put on online. Um, and at this point, I kind of shit myself, to be honest. I was like, fucking hell, someone's actually paying me to, to coach them. I was like, I better learn how to do this properly. <laughs> like, I just threw myself in at the deep end. Um, but I guess from there, it was kind of a journey of, you know, building this up while so I was at university, keep building it as I kind of worked a nine to five. 
And now day to day, I'm coaching people from all over the world. I've been fortunate enough to go into places like WeWork and, and do some talks and, and some small time consulting there. Um, and yeah, I've built a couple of revenue streams for my business now. Um, and I'm getting to the, the point where I'm starting to scale it. So um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now with everything in a brief overview. Nice. So you, you made a return on your 99p investment within 24 <laughs> hours. I did. Yeah, I did. Uh, I think the first package I did was like a 12 week package for like 75 pounds, which is, you know, quite, you know, low ticket for what I, the, the service I think I was offering. But, you know, I guess we all start out like underestimating what we can charge and what, what our value is. Right. And we're just happy to get some kind of money for what we're, what we love doing. It makes you feel any better. Our first package was seven ninety nine. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Uh, looking back. I think it was not, it was nine ninety nine. I don't think it was, I think we, it was a bit more high ticket than that. (laughs) (laughs) It was like 10 pounds for coaching with both of us. Oh, wow. Was that like an ebook, was it? it No, no. No, no. Okay. That's very advanced ebook. It's like scaled product. No, this was like literally just Facebook Messenger with with both of us. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's very low ticket, right? (laughs) Very. Yeah. Still struggle to sell it as well. Which is the most embarrassing thing? Well, the, the ten pound product. Yeah, <laughs> I've had ebooks that have sold like a couple of copies, and you know, when you do that and you put all the effort into it, you're like, "Shit, man, it feels bad." But you know, it's part of the process, right? Mm. Yeah, for sure. How do you pronounce your last name? Um, it's Anwar. Just Anwar. Whenever when there's certain words that Yusuf says when he like drops, in, like you know, when a French person would say croissant right yeah yeah <laughs> it's like clicks into this alter ego and i always struggle to not laugh so if, <laughs> if when he was saying your name i laughed i'm not that's, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> my, my argument for that is that if you are a frenchman and is, is frenchman allowed are you allowed to say that now is that is that racist probably not you're not allowed to say anything nowadays i don't think okay yeah if, someone was... racist. <laughs> if you were a, a french non person yeah french person person that's pretty sick originated in france then (laughs) even that yeah (laughs) (laughs) you you don't want to be saying um croissant because it's just it it but no one says what's a croissant (laughs) (laughs) oh i just bought one of those uh croissants and pano chocolates and it was very nice oh god (laughs) pain orcs Orcs chocolate. Pain orcs chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry, massive derail, but I just wanted to clarify that. No, if okay. someone, someone introduces you and someone's like sniggering, it's like, what, something's going on here? What's, what's, what's <laughs> that kind of laughing at? <laughs> no, it's all good, man. It's all good. <laughs> so I think what, what's happened really with your with this is that you hit the ground running. You were like, right, I'm going to do this immediately right. With, did you do any kind of... Um, prep before you started to launch or were you literally just like right i need this i'm going to figure out how to do the next step and the next step because it's quite unusual i think it, for people who move online to set everything up in the way that you have and just hit the ground running for sure for sure yeah i guess i built a couple of templates before so a couple of templates on kind of like how i was going to structure the training programs how i was going to do the nutrition i kind of had a, a rough idea of doing it um and I kind of just 
had the basics there and I just launched like I had a website um, and a few templates for when someone signed up and then I was just going to kind of wing it from there um, so you could say I, I was kind of semi-ready but I definitely put a lot more processes in place and when I look at like what, what I'm doing now it's a lot more systems based it's a lot more you know there's a lot of clarity on, on what I'm doing now compared to before where I was kind of just winging it a bit and seeing how I, I got on we were totally winging it when we started because about I think twelve years ago now, two thousand eight, and there's no there's no information, no templates or anything, and so we literally I, I don't think there was a thing that we got right apart from the content. Um, everything else, like from pricing to web stuff to social media, we we just we just got it all wrong because we were just feeling it out as we went along, and then kind of self corrected. But now what's interesting is we have kind of the opposite problem where. Um, so did, how long ago did you start? So I think I got a notification on LinkedIn that I've done four years. So it's just four years since I launched. I okay. Um, so say in 2016, there's there's a lot of information available on kind of setting up websites and so on. But what people lack is is the like correct implementation of it all. Um, and so I think what happens is we, we see a lot of PTs that move online and they are just overwhelmed by everything and they, they lack the agency to, to get started at all. Um, or they, they just kind of flounder with, with all of the, the launch stuff and they get caught up in all the different options with funnel marketing and who to niche with and everything. Whereas it seems like from what I've seen that you've just gone straight in specific niche and very targeted. Yeah. I mean, where I started out, it wasn't like that. So um, I kind of just had my name. So my nickname is Ro and my business was Ramo Fitness, which was kind of just me fitness. And I thought, okay, this is great to start with. I'll start just coaching as many people as I can because I need the money and I need to get as many people as I can. So I started out really, really wide. Um, when you go online, you realize that there's billions of people online, right? It's not like a gym floor where you've got a certain demographic of people. There's so many people online of different niches, different requirements, different avatars, right? And they have different pain points. So when you go online, you can't serve everybody. And I quickly started to realize this, that, you know, trying to coach a middle-aged woman compared to a 19-year-old guy that wants to pack on muscle, they're going to have different needs and requirements, right? And the way that you market to those two people is very different, right? So these 19-year-old guys, they want, they care about getting a six-pack most of the time, getting some girls and getting more attractive. Whereas, you know, for a middle-aged woman, it might be just dropping a few pounds so they feel more confident in their relationship, so they're healthy for their kids and, you know, so that they, you know, have a bit more of a healthy lifestyle, right? So that may be different. So I kind of realized after it took me about two to three years to start niching down, um, I rebranded my business. And then that's where I started really honing in on the people that I want to help out. Um, and that is busy professionals and, you know, people with office jobs um, and a few entrepreneurs as well. So you can see there, there's like, a bit more of a niche compared to where I was, where I was kind of just coaching everybody, hoping that anyone would buy my, you know, plans and sign up for coaching. Um, and it takes a bit of confidence to do that as well. You know, like to say to yourself, right, I'm going to go all in on this niche and go for it. And it's like a leap of faith because you're turning so many people off, but actually you're building a stronger relationship with the people that you want to be working with. And, you know, for online coaching, that's what you want to do because you've got access to, like I said, billions of people in a, in a large market. You want to, basically make sure that you're relating to that to that niche that you're working with that i think that's the hardest thing for someone who's <clears throat> been offline and moved online because you go from being in a gym where you could be it's literally like 
as many of these people as I can work with, I'm going to try and work with. It doesn't really matter whether like age, demographic, gender or anything um, to suddenly the opposite problem where if, yeah. even if you could work with everybody, you couldn't. So like as in physically it would be impossible to deliver the coaching. So you have to pick someone. So how did you arrive at busy professionals? What was the decision, the, like the framework you went through to make that decision? Or was it just like, oh, that looks... Well, yeah, it's, it's a really good question. So um, after I finished university, I'd been building this side business up um, for uh, for a while, but I wasn't really earning enough and I didn't really have the traction to, to do this full time. Um, so I worked a corporate job for um, a while after I finished university and I kind of got a kind of insight into how difficult it is for corporate workers and professionals to, to stay in shape. And a lot of the lack of knowledge that they have around nutrition right so you probably when you go into the office you've got these office nutritionists right that say why the hell are you eating this you shouldn't eat that um even though they haven't got a degree or any understanding of nutrition um it's just whatever they've read from you know some magazine or some fad right um and so many people fall into the trap then of crash dieting you know really unhealthy ways of trying to lose weight and then they put all that weight back on because they don't have a sustainable way to to track food or to you know get the results that they need around their career whereas once you start teaching people actually you know you don't have to sacrifice too much you can go out for a few drinks on the weekend and still lose weight you don't have to you know live like a monk and you know not attend social events there are ways that you can fit fitness around your life right and i said to myself well i think there's a demographic of people i can help there because i've been through that phase of working a corporate nine to five and seeing what that was like alongside running a business and i felt i had a little bit of skin in the game to say you know what I think I can train you guys. I understand your pain points. And that's how I ended up going with that demographic. This is a really good point because we, one of the big mistakes we see with people who set up an online coaching business is they try and go after the money and they, so like we've had like, you know, mid twenties guys that are like, Oh, I'm going to work only with, um, middle-aged women post or like postpartum, whatever. And you, you're like, what, what experience like what do you have that says you can relate in any way to this person like you've not had any of their struggles or know any of that and and it's often because they're just like oh but they're really rich because they've got they're usually like wags and they stay at home and what you're like well that's not a reason that they would want to sign up with you um so i think this fundamental concept very simple of just teach what you know makes so much sense and as you said if you had experience in the corporate world and you understand that like that the the office culture is a complete cesspit for nutritional advice and yeah. nutritional behavior then it's like well great there there are some clear pain points i can identify and and solve and i think one of the big like yeah we johnny and i used to work in um, in finance and didn't very much relate with what you what you said there where you see some really suspect nutritional behavior and and even stuff when people are like trying to be good and they're like Oh, I'm off to MAGA in two weeks. So I've switched my my daily sandwich for like 800 calories of hummus with carrots. And you're like, oh, great. And, or a salad with oil poured all over it. And you're like, okay, where yeah, to begin? Yeah. It's the argument that we'll have all been in it that happens at like 4 p.m. when someone's having nuts, like a bag of nuts. And someone goes, oh, like, is, is that a healthy snack? And somebody goes, yeah, yeah, they're really, really high in protein and healthy fats and stuff. And, you know, I'm trying to be yeah. good at the moment. So, and and, and then you, you kind of sat there like thinking, don't, don't join in, don't join in, don't join in. 
<laughs> I think the worst one has got to be the the rice one. So they're like, oh, um, is it white or brown rice I should be having, right? And no understanding no calories, but they're going out on the weekend and doing 10 pints, but they're arguing over rice on the, on, in the week. It's like, don't worry about the, the, the rice, mate. You worry about the pints that you drink on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't count because it's on the weekend. So it's ours. No, it doesn't count. If yeah. it's not in my fitness power, it doesn't count, you know. <laughs> Man. So something else that I've noticed that you're – that I, I think your strongest art is b-roll your b-roll, b-roll. is brilliant um, <laughs> yeah i like so for, for anyone that, that doesn't you know, it's not not in the the videography um cool club and doesn't know what b-roll is uh, <laughs> so it's basically um with with all of those videos there's a lot of like face to camera informative stuff cutting to what looks like you've done from like a a, a shoot or i don't know if it's just like a mate who's good with the camera but um of you training and it makes makes all of your content very watchable and very and it's also a subtle um thing of like oh here we go like i i I do what i'm preaching here like i i walk the walk how did you was this something that like is that a deliberate strategy or did you did you get a shoot organized and then are you using that footage in your content now yeah, so that's a, a really good um, question because I kind of started out, and this was one of the biggest mistakes that I made, is I tried to take this whole influencer route, right? So I was, I was gaining some traction on Instagram, and I started seeing all these Gymshark athletes with this great video- videography doing these workouts, and I was like, all I need to do is grow this following, you know, post some more videos with my abs, get really good at this camera stuff, and I'm going to be able to, you know, have hundreds of clients, right, just sign up. And what you come to realize is it, that is just a vanity metric, right? Like followers, likes, like, all of this stuff doesn't matter. Like as you kind of develop, you realize that you need to be bringing leads into your business and you need to be converting your sales calls and this kind of stuff. Um, so I kind of learned that, but obviously in the process of trying to be this influencer, I, I got pretty good at learning about cameras, learning about editing and building up skills to, to produce some good video content. Um, so I guess it just came from trying to get really good at building up a, a good Instagram workout set of videos to be an influencer, um, which I, you don't need to be a good online coach, but I think now it, you know, with the other stuff I've got in place, it does help me in regards to marketing, attracting people and, you know, catching people on the newsfeed that are scrolling for sure. It seems like it, it's about how it fits in with your, with your overall strategy. So yes, you're right. Like just having isolated um, training footage with no way to capture that or no funnel doesn't make sense. But in your case, like you've kind of stacked these skills on top of each other that you, you got, the web website building stack and kind of collecting payments online that's in the bag then you've got the influencer building stuff and then that's in the bag and the, and the actual the content marketing and then that's nailed and then um i guess more recently twitter yeah which is more kind of yeah. sharing your your thoughts in more of a stream and that's kind of more of a credibility thing but it's almost like the the cerebral equivalent of instagram that's right yeah exactly and i think with twitter you're kind of hitting a different kind of demographic with people because you know not to be too harsh but people on twitter are usually a bit smarter than the people that are scrolling through instagram um you know it depends on who you follow right you know there are some corners of twitter which don't represent that unfortunately but, <laughs> but the stats do um match that don't they that, that like yeah twitter users tend to have higher iq in general that's right yeah yeah i think that there's some some truth behind it so um you kind of yeah hitting a different kind of demographic there and, and you're posting your thoughts and ideas which i think is much more powerful than just a workout video although it may be great you know twitter is really speaking to you know people's minds and their their raw emotions and stuff like that and i think that's a cool way to to develop traction and get leads into your business especially as an online coach 
how have you found the difference in um because i realize it's not a fair test because i think you've got like 10 times as many followers on instagram than twitter yeah. but do, do you know it's a difference in conversion between the two platforms yeah so it's kind of funny i've started building up my audience on twitter now and i found that kind of i'm getting a lot more inquiries on twitter than i am on instagram and i've actually got i think yeah nearly five or ten times the amount on instagram um followers wise so i think twitter speaks and especially with the niche i'm working with with professionals like i said a little bit maybe more a little bit older like you said maybe higher iq that, that i'm kind of attracting a few more people that way so um twitter for me has been really good in that respect but not to knock instagram i still think that that has its potential but twitter for me has been really good way to bring in kind of like yeah unpaid traffic kind of leads which is great i think it comes down to like who is it that you're targeting and what do they go to that platform to do because yeah as you're saying like people go to instagram generally to almost procrastinate don't they yeah like it's visually easy to to scroll through instagram whereas twitter like people are going there to at least read things i suppose yeah. So, you know, there's, there's more of a consumption behavior that they're looking for maybe some to get in a bit of a fight or, <laughs> you know, ha- like join some kind of debate or, you know, it's more yeah. of a news. Have a conversation. Yeah. Join conversations yeah. really. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So I think, I think that's the challenge people face with or the organic side is like they spend years building their Instagram following only to realize that like people who follow them on Instagram don't actually want to buy from them. And it becomes that's, this kind of frustrating loop to get caught in. And that's the thing as well, isn't it? You know, you could have 36,000 Instagram followers, but, you know, how many of those can actually see your stories? How many of those actually care about the service that you're delivering, right? Because you could have 30,000 of those that just want to see you topless, right? Or just <laughs> like your funny captions. It doesn't mean that they're customers, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, how many of them must actually sign up to your mailing list? How many DMs are you getting regarding coaching? These are kind of the metrics that you want to be looking at. Um, how many leads you get into your business? How many of those are converting to calls? All this kind of stuff I found to be, you know, actual KPIs, right, that you should be tracking. Um, and it's easy as this kind of influencer to get caught up in this whole likes and follows kind of thing, um, which is still great for marketing. You do need traction, but you also need to be attracting the people that you want to be training, coaching and your potential customers, right? What would you recommend for somebody who is starting in this? Let's say they're they're working offline, they're either in a either outside the fitness industry entirely, or they're a they're a PT, and they want to start building a building a brand and starting to convert some sales. Where where would you start if you were starting again? That's a really good question. I would probably start by. <clears throat> coaching some people for free so and when i started out i actually coached a few of my friends for free um and a few mates at university because i wanted to get some good testimonials and and you know transformations Uh, and that's a really good way to start right because when you're starting out with a few hundred followers or maybe not a following right people are going to go why should i buy from you instead of someone that's got the results and they've got x amount of followers which is fair enough like it doesn't mean just because you've got the followers you're a better coach however people will pursue in that sense so if you can have a specific kind of demographic you went towards potentially if that's young guys looking to build muscle or professionals and getting some credibility behind you that is you know two-thirds of you know the <laughs> the work that you need to do um the next is just kind of getting your conversion of how you're going to get them onto your program and um a bit of client delivery stuff and you you're basically there do you know what i mean so um, i definitely think showing that you can get results to start out um, is really important and just posting that process online for people to see. 
so important having that track record especially if they don't have a physique like yours or they're not um you know using their own their, their self their, their own brand as a as a form of credibility then exactly as you said people are just going to be asking the question well what can this person do for me how can how do i know that they can get this result for me especially if they haven't done it for themselves so yeah having a reel of testimonials is just like look here's more and more proof that yeah you, know, you can join my program and you'll have the same result for sure definitely even with that the problem with that is like herbalife weight watchers joe wicks like they will yeah. have more testimonials and more that's before and afters so that's why i think it's the it's the frame of that of the testimonials are of the market that you're trying to help so that someone can like see sure. yeah exactly so like if someone sees your whatever your social media your website and it's like oh yeah like i'm in that person's starting point and that person's end point is similar to mine i can see a bit about their background their bio kind of where they've come from etc cetera, etc cetera. that's when that stuff works for sure i'd also say another big thing i see online coaches do is they they try and include all of the you know features of, of their program that, that is so amazing but really what they want to be doing and and what i found works well is like selling the transformation that they're going to make right so like you're basically the bridge from where they started at to where they want to be and you can offer them that you know that journey to get to that person so um you know let's say as a professional you know you market it as this person was really struggling with their with their stress with their weight and a lack of confidence right they have no energy at work um what this program is going to do is boost that confidence from helping you gain more muscle, helping you save time and manage stress better. So you can have a better date in life, X, Y, Z, or whatever it is. And, you know, I, I see so many coaches put, I've got like, I've got check-ins, I've got 24-7 support. Well, everybody's got that, right? Everybody's doing that. I think selling people on the benefits and kind of like the transformation they're going to get at the end is so powerful. And that is the way that I think you're going to convert most people and entice them into your business. Definitely. Well, I noticed the way you do this, for example, on Twitter is you talk a lot about the ancillary benefits just of training and lifting as a whole. Um, and you talk a lot about personal agency and discipline and, and habits and that kind of thing. That's not just tied to training specifically. And I think a lot of people would kind of not realize that this is a form of marketing because you're saying, kind of oh by the way here are some of the other associated features with if you were to join on this path and then when people are ready you're at top of mind awareness and i think um one of the things that we used to struggle with is thinking like well you can have a, a funnel and a page that converts and, and everything's like set up and you know that this percent converts at this percentage but why why isn't this person buying now and it's like even if you have the the best kind of optimal setup online it's not it's not necessarily going to be the right time for everyone. It may be that you have someone who followed you for years. They went through your email automation, but at the time it wasn't it wasn't when they were ready to sign up with your program. And it's only a random day in June that they're like, you know what? Today's the day that I'm going to go for coaching. And actually, Oliver Anwar is the guy who uh, <laughs> is the guy who I'm going to sign up with. I was just, just looking at Johnny's face there. Um, <laughs> trying not to laugh. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, like it's it's almost like you're building this law, the, the, these loose ties that may not be fully predictable and fully programmable, but over time, if you become the guy that people recognise and 
you make them feel a certain way, then you become the natural choice for them. No, that's a really good point. And I think um, with that, you know, consistency of content over social channels is really important because, you know, I've had people where, you know, you haven't heard from them for ages and they followed you ages ago. They've been interacting with your stuff and, and they don't buy for ages. And then one time you put a call to action out there and they're like, boom, I want to sign up. You know, they, they kind of know your process. You don't even have to sell them that much. They're like, yeah, whatever the price I'll buy. And you're like, I wasn't expecting that. But to be honest, you've been programming them over this period through your content and all this kind of stuff. It's so very easy to look, trust to look you at now. That. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, you you look at the post of the call to action. You're like, what was it about that post? Like, how do yeah, I yeah. was it in the phrasing? And and you get caught up in that. Whereas, like, as you said, it's maybe the that's just the beer that got them drunk. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, what is your sales process currently? So, my sales process now that I'm starting to build more of an audience, I've got kind of two programs. So, I've got a one-to-one VIP. Uh, program which is one-to-one coaching then i've also got my own online platform that does uh, meal plans programs and does a bit of education around nutrition um and yeah that the, my process is really to get people booked onto a call um discovery call to begin with to see if they actually qualify for the one-to-one program and if they'd be suitable um and then if they do move them onto the second call where i kind of run over the program itself um and yeah kind of close them on the one-to-one program now, if they're someone that isn't suitable for that, then I have another, you know, lower ticket option, which helps with um, them kind of not having the coaching aspect, but getting a structured program and meal plan to go with some educational videos. So um, I think that that's another good thing for online coaches is to, as you get good at one thing. So for me, for me I started out with one-to-one coaching. You should always try and master that. But once you get to the point where you're getting inquiries about other things, maybe trying to get another revenue stream of a lower ticket product or something that doesn't take up too much of your time. Um, so you can kind of generate revenue without, you know, doing check-ins 24 seven and programming people 24 seven. Um, that can be really useful. So yeah, the sales process to go back to your question is kind of a discovery call, um, moving on to then kind of like a, a more salesy closing call afterwards. Are you using ads for that or is that all Instagram, Twitter, etc.? Yeah. So mainly it's been all, um, organic stuff. So through Twitter and Instagram, uh, with the current following, but I did do some run some Facebook ads over the course of this summer. And I've also run in some this month as well to bring some more leads in. Um, but, like I do want to stress to people that like you need to exhaust like all of your unpaid avenues before thinking about paid marketing. Um, in my opinion anyway, because there's so much potential there. As long as you've kind of got your niche, right, you've got your messaging, right. And then you've got your sales process, right. You can, you know, not spend anything on ads and, and get coaching clients on. Um, but paid marketing again is a great way to, to kind of scale that as you go on. I don't know what your guys thoughts are on that. Uh, we, well, we're, it's the same, but I suppose we we encourage people to get to the point of using ads as soon as possible. Sure. But the only the reason for that is, I think we look at organic as it's the long game. You for know, sure. you can't if if you have a zero following on Instagram or any any platform now, to rely on that at any point in the future for sales is basically the same as someone opting in through an ad. You know, and the yeah. I think what people really experience exactly what you said before, someone's been following you for six months on Twitter, for example, and then opt in. That's just them taking themselves through a like nurture process or kind of give it, getting what they need from you to make a buying decision themselves. Yeah. We try and compress that. So it's like, well, that something's happening there. So like, what is that? It's not just this like 
cloak and magic tricks and like there's things that they're finding out during that period of time that are building trust and familiarity and clarity about what it is that you do so how do we compress that window of time and try and encourage the people who are higher up on that trust or decision scale to make a decision sooner so that we can cover the cost of advertising and then build a build an audience off the back of that so i think like for us the primary thing is building a recurring body of clients building an email list for free using that advertising strategy because i mean i think all things held equal if someone has an email list of a hundred thousand people it's pretty hard to compete with them really 100 yeah so it, that's the, the kind of the core asset that and your customer base your recurring customer base are the things that we teach people to build and yeah we do use ads um i mean if you can use organic that's always going to be better it's just hard for someone i think to get to the point where because how many how many follows do you have right now? Thirty. So yeah, I think it's like thirty six thousand on Instagram and six and a bit thousand on Twitter. So um, I guess I'm in a different position to a lot of other coaches. The fact that I do have an audience, so you know, I have probably more. I can exhaust more avenues on unpaid. Absolutely. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I guess you're right. When people are starting out, getting that those leads in through paid marketing makes sense. Um, especially it's ball rolling. Yeah. If someone yeah. can kind of build that in the background as well. And then they've, they've, they're kind of hedged because they've got, they've got both sides of it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we do see some people with kind of the opposite problem that they've built the influencer status and they've maybe got 10, 20,000 followers on Instagram, but they're not converting Correct. any sales from it. And that's, that's more of a, a funnel problem or, or maybe as you said, that the kind of people who, who are following them are not necessarily the same audience that would buy from them. For and sure. that's why I do find that Twitter seems to be, more correlated with people who follow you are interested in your thoughts, not just your physique. And so that, that there's sure. a bit more of a like a uh, higher conversion potential. Yeah. Um, but there's usually some low hanging fruit. If someone's got like a lot of followers on, on Instagram and they're not converting any sales from it, there's probably something they're doing that is contributing to that. And they can probably at least kind of sift off the, the cream of, of the people who would be ready to, to buy at some point. And it's usually, sure. I guess, just cause they're, they're posting, I don't want to generalize, but the, the people who post a lot of like sexualized stuff on Instagram, where it's, it's almost like a, a soft core only fans kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing in there that says I am a credible source to achieve a result. Um, and depending on the person, they could, you know, alternate some of the physique shots with credible informational stuff, testimonials and so on, and then slowly change that um, to more of a kind of coach perception. Yeah. Uh, I see, um, you, I see Chris Williamson do this very, uh, well on Instagram. So he puts up like a, a really modelly good looking selfie with like a very deep caption on life and meaning. And I think that, you know, it's good to, if you've got that asset, great, like, you know, use your physique or whatever it is that in your appearance that helps you get the marketing, but obviously maybe couple that with some actual value and delivering some really good information to help people. Um, there's nothing wrong with that in my opinion and, you know, place your strengths in that case. Yeah, totally. Um, the, the, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about this problem, or we probably spoke about this problem on the last three or four podcasts, like the, the three way podcasting problem of like gaps in conversation followed by <laughs> everyone trying to speak at once. Um, but yeah, all I was going to say was we, I think realized fairly slowly, annoyingly that this idea that not all clicks or not all audiences are, are the same or created equal. And so you can have someone who follows you for like the wrong reasons from a business perspective, 
um, you know, someone who comments and engages and, and does everything that's free on social media with you. And then as soon as it's like, well, actually I have this program, would you be interested? It's like, Oh, like don't like, you know, I'm not, I'm not looking to buy anything. And when you really think about the number of people personally that you follow on any platform and how many of them you've bought anything from, it's tiny as a percentage. Yeah. And so I think there's a, there's a miss people misattribute like, Oh, I have a following with that person must be successful or cause you know, there are huge brands that have huge followings that not necessarily customers at all. Sure. People are following them just because it's memes or humor or um, semi-nude photos or, or whatever. Yeah, all of my content is just new, fun, nude photos and uh, <laughs> the the old the rear glutes bread. It's um, this is stuff that like if you were to look at the meme accounts that you follow or um, these kind yeah. of guys that got. 1.5 million followers and stuff and you're like would i actually buy a product from them and most people probably not like you were i mean if you're not converting anything from a 1.5 million following like you're doing something seriously Very wrong, wrong. Yeah. But, but like we've managed the inboxes for some of these kind of influencer people that have got huge huge followings and we were blown away by how like uninterested the 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 people are that are messaging them because really they're just messaging them because they think they've got a they've got some kind of chance with them um and that was that was pretty much it so yeah it's it is amazing you talk a lot about so we were saying about kind of the ancillary benefits of training but also the stuff you talk about more in terms of um habits mindsets um taking personal responsibility for stuff is there any stuff outside of business and outside of training any habit or, or action that you've you've taken on this year that um, has impacted your life yeah so i think um trying to um learn a little bit more about um how to be more productive and structure your day so i guess as an online coach as well and, and now that i'm doing it full-time um from kind of the start of this year what i've realized is that you know you need to build your own structure as an online coach you need to have um kind of like the nine to five you need to have your day set out and what you need to do and kind of the things you need to achieve um and that definitely comes from a lot of responsibility of learning about right, when do i work best when do i need a break when can i train and um, what are the things that need doing like when am i taking time for rest like all of this stuff needs to be as part of your structure because you're not just uh, an online coach you're a business person right and you're someone that needs to be efficient with what you do um and you can't let as well business take over your life you've got to find that time for family and friends and i guess when i started out i would just work 12 hour days because i thought more hours is going to equal more money more clients, more output. And sadly, that's actually not the case, right? Like you can run yourself into the ground and not be producing as much. Whereas when you start to learn about focus work and deep work and, um, you know, looking after your sleep, taking care of, you know, your, your work and rest blocks, having social time, all of these things, when you add them in, they actually make you more productive than doing this Gary V hustle 24 seven, because I don't believe in that bullshit, man. I'm sorry. No one can hustle 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Right. You know, even if you've got you're taking all the modafinil in the world it doesn't happen right so you need to find a way that you can build a lifestyle right and i guess you know as an online coach you probably become an online coach because you want to have a good lifestyle you want time and location independence you know you want to have autonomy in what you do um you like the challenge and competition of, of what you're doing and you enjoy first and foremost helping others right and helping people so 
I guess for me, building a business is about living the lifestyle that I want and having a way to, you know, have time to learn, to see friends, to travel and do all that kind of stuff, um, as well as get your work done. And, you know, working 24 seven for me is not, doesn't fit into my vision or goals of, of what I want, you know, for like next year, I want to do some traveling and live abroad for a bit. Right. And because I've got my business to a point where I can do that, um, I, I'm, I'm really excited for it. Right. And like, you should be excited for this shit that you want to do for your business. You shouldn't just be grinding and doing shit that you hate. You know, I think that's a big misconception of success as well. You don't have to hate your life to, to do well. Of course there has to be discipline and sacrifice, but you know, you can enjoy your fucking days, man. You can have fun and you know, you don't have to take yourself so seriously. You know, once you put, build these habits and systems, you can definitely do that. It's the same as like <clears throat> people who, you know, looking for, you know, keto, for example, trying to stick to a keto diet for a year is very difficult to do in the same way that doing 12 hour days for a year is extremely difficult to do. And the person who's just doing like six focused hours will just eventually beat the person who's trying to do the, the, the long days. And yeah, I think we, we realize this relationship of like, you do a long day on a Monday because you think, Oh, I've got all this, all this stuff to do. And then Tuesday takes a hit. And then you do fewer things on a Tuesday and then like Wednesday, like, right, I need to smash it. And then by Sunday you're shattered. And then the yeah. following week takes a hit and you just, you're always just producing the same output anyway, but having a worse time doing it. Yeah. So if you just, if you just like take, take more breaks and just do like little things each day and accept that you're probably not going to make a sale today and you probably, things aren't going to grow like double in size today. And just being comfortable with, as you say, like enjoying the day to day of it and enjoying the like what it's like to actually do what you're doing. Of course. It's far easier. Not but realizing yeah, you're, that you're, things impact other things. And if you nail yourself on a Monday that actually it's not just a twenty four hour compartment that is completely reset when you start the next day, you wake up on yeah. Tuesday and you're like, Oh right. Bloody yeah. Hell. Yeah. Definitely. No, I agree with that. <laughs> so how do you cause we I mean we're asked about this a lot i've done videos and podcasts on like a day in the life of because i think people are people in corporate jobs thinking about it or people in a gym thinking about it they're like well is it just do you just sit on like facebook messenger all day so like talk us through like what is a what is a day vaguely look like for you for sure that's a that's a good one actually so um let's take like a monday uh example so um i kind of wake up in the morning around seven um i do like a morning routine so i'm starting to get big on morning routines reading and sometimes a bit of stretching just to make myself feel good um some gratitude journaling as well which i've got into which i think is important to start your day um you want to feel like you're relaxed and you've got a bit of clarity on what you're doing um i'll then kind of do a morning work block to to start so a couple of hours of work um really focused trying to not be on my phone and on twitter replying to yusuf um <laughs> in the morning um and and then i'll kind of take a break um and then go into another work block before i have i have some lunch and then do another work block in the afternoon and you know typically the first part portion of the day will be focused on kind of the high return tasks and things that need doing so obviously that's looking after your current clients number one priority Second priority is following up with leads, sales calls, and that kind of thing. Um, and then you kind of start to move on towards the marketing aspect too. So like, how do I get more leads and you know, how do I get more clients into my business? I focus on that. Um, and then kind of, yeah, the afternoon and early evening is focused on um, doing the things that, you know, a bit more low level. So maybe some admin stuff, some video editing for, for work out. 
that's that kind of thing and then i'll go hit a workout um so the days will be varied and it will depend but i think starting your day with the most important task where you've got the most willpower is really important and kind of letting that fade off during the course of the day have some breaks to reset you and and don't work until 1 2 a.m in in the morning you don't need to do that right like if you get that work done by 4 p.m you can go to the gym at four and, and relax for the rest of the day and focus on other things like your relationships time with other people studying and all that kind of stuff which is important especially if you've got your own business that's great that's really important yeah and i like that you've you've looked up how do i want to design my life on a micro scale and i want to go traveling in a year and sort you know set, my, set myself up so that my business supports my life and also on a day structure you've got energy management so making sure that you're you're matching the type of task to the time of day and when you've got the most energy um, and treating it in very kind of distinct blocks because i think it's very easy and i've definitely fallen victim to this of just waking up and being like oh there's 20 things to do and just trying to do them all at once and then you end up getting making one percent progress on all of them rather than 100 percent progress on just one thing for sure and uh having these kind of clear boundaries with like, okay, I'm going to start with content creation and then um, delivery and then marketing and then this. And so, because I think people forget that if, especially if you're working, let's say as a PT in pure gym or something where all of the marketing and the accounts and everything is just taken care of. There's depart- whole departments that do that. And suddenly you work online, you're self-employed and you are the, everything you are the marketing department you're the delivery you're the operations you're the tech you're the and you're having to then kind of split your time as a one-man team so this is uh, a couple of the kind of takeaway points i think that we've kind of come across from talking to you on this on this podcast have been that you have you have these boundaries and you split split things up and kind of layer things on so um your journey when you started you you got the web and um tech stuff nailed and then you moved on to the coaching part and then you and you you kind of build each of these like modules and you layer them on and you get it nailed before you move on to the next one the other thing is that more hours in the day don't necessarily equate to more output um, and to match energy with time and the same with your social media that more followers don't always equate to more sales and you need to kind of squeeze the lemon of the followers that you have and make sure that you're focusing as much on conversions as you are on traffic for sure definitely really good stuff man i think there's been some great lessons for um for pts or anyone wanting to move online on basically how to do it right and and not go insane definitely no it's been good how can we find out more about you sure so um if you want to connect with me online you can um follow me on instagram and twitter where i'm most active which is at Roanmoir on both i also have launched a brand new podcast called the fitness mastery for high performing professionals podcast um so yeah if you're kind of working a desk job and you want some actionable strategies on how you can kind of lose fat build muscle save time and that kind of thing then feel free to listen to that um and yeah you can find my website as well theworkercoach.com um for a bit more around what i do um yes um yeah that's it sweet we will stick all of those in the description um any any closing thoughts or questions for us no just want to say a big thank you for having me on today um big fan of what you're both doing in regards to the podcast and obviously um the business so uh yeah best of luck to you both thanks a lot man yeah thanks for coming on amazing speak to you soon want to learn more about the systems we use to run 
buildandscalepropanefitness.com. Head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build Propane Fitness. We walk through the sales systems, the delivery systems, follow-up, remarketing, how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24-7. We really do cover the full thing, right? And if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us, there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels, the best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.